Well, good morning. Greetings from Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> I reside in the Hope Presbytery of Eco. Greetings from them, too. I'm sure they'd give you all a big hug. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, after all. Would you pray together with me? Come, Holy Spirit, come. Fall afresh on us today. Lord, we are mindful that as we worship you today, there are many, many around this globe who worship you also. Thank you, Lord, that you connect us one to another because of you, Jesus, and the power of your Holy Spirit at work. So, Father, would you open up our hearts and our minds to hear your word today, that these words would not be uh, good ideas from me, but, Lord, that that your word would just flood forth and fill us and transform us, change us to be more like you, Jesus, that the world would see, the waiting and watching world, as we wait and watch for Christmas morn, Lord, would the waiting and watching world see something different in us, you, Jesus, at work, loving bringing hope and, and, and peace and joy and love. And so we ask this now in your name. Amen. Well, you know that feeling? Maybe you know. I mean, I don't mean to assume anything of anybody, and this doesn't happen to me often. But you know that feeling when all of a sudden you see those red, blue, red and blue flashing lights behind you? And you think, did I do something wrong? And then you realize that you are the object of that police officer's affection right now. <laughs> Have you ever had that, like, ah, what did, what did I do? What did I do? Like, what am I, what am I guilty of, you know? Did, did, do I have light out? Did I, was I speeding? Oh, was I speeding? How fast was I speeding? That moment of surprise when you're absolutely freaked out, and you're thinking, do I have my wallet? Do I have my driver's license? Where's my insurance card? All the things that you're thinking when you know that I think I'm in trouble, and I don't even know why, or maybe I know full well why, and oh my goodness. So you stop, and you, as you're getting pulled over by the police officer, and you roll down your window, and, and you stare into that face of the police officer, and you say, what did I do? What did I do? Now imagine for a moment being shepherds out in the field back in, in Bethlehem days of Jesus being born and all that. But imagine that time when those shepherds were out in the field and a bright light shines upon them. And can you imagine? I mean, the, it says in Scripture, they feared, they were afraid. They were sore afraid, Linus says. They were sore afraid. Because suddenly this bright light shines from the darkness. And what is this? What could this be? Let me read the scripture again as we hear the word of God. Here it is out of Luke 2. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Freak not! Okay, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a whole host, a magnitude, a multitude of, of heavenly hosts praising God, singing glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds looked at each other, said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see what this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The angel stands among these shepherds, these God-fearing shepherds, and says, Freak not. It may not have been in those exact words, but that was the gist behind it. Fear not. But they were terrified, shepherds, at the sight of this angel appearing to, in this brilliant light. And the angel says to them, don't be afraid, for see, I'm bringing good news of great joy for all the people. Because today, this is the day who's born, the born to you in the city of David, a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. A Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now think about this for just a minute. The place where these particular shepherds were located is significant. It's kind of a historic pasture. Watch, it's a watchtower area called Migdal Eder. Migdal Eder. It's, it mean, its meaning means watchtower over the flock. We can read in the Old Testament where the prophet Micah in chapter 4 speaks of the people of God who were scattered and lame and being brought to watch to the watchtower of the flock, to this Migdal Eder place. This is the same place where a young shepherd boy by the name of David also tended his sheep. Maybe it was right there in Migdal Eder where he tended his sheep, where he watched over his flock in the dark of night. So, back to the shepherds, these were no ordinary shepherds, you know. 
They, they, they weren't living far away from the city of Jerusalem. A lot of shepherds would have been way far out into the fields, way far out into the, the, the farmland, so to speak. But they were closer into Jerusalem, not too far away. And they lived and worked close to the temple. Some Bible scholars say that these particular shepherds were probably young priests tasked with the job at Migdal Eder to watch over the newborn lambs the, and the shep, shepherding the sheep. And they would watch over, in particular, the newborn lambs that were born without blemish. They were perfect lambs because it was those particular lambs, those were the ones without blemish that were to be used for temple sacrifice. And so in the dark of night, when suddenly the glory of the Lord shone all around them, I wonder what these shepherds thought. Were they startled? Yeah, I bet they were. Scripture says they were afraid. What's happening? Are we going to be struck dead by this glorious light? What's going on? So fear, true fear, came upon them and they fell down. But the angel, angel sees the terror in those poor shepherd's eyes and says, fear not. Here's what's interesting about this news. It's what sets this news apart from any other message up to this point. This angel is sent to tell these shepherds about the Savior for whom Israel was waiting almost 400 years. The Lord had been quiet And now the angel of the Lord appears to these shepherds and tells them about the Messiah for whom they've been waiting all these years. Words have deep meaning in in Greek and Hebrew, and the placement of these words are, are important as well. And for the first time, these words are spoken together. And the angel says, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord is born this day. Who, what were these Jewish people waiting for and watching for all these, were, all these years? We read in Micah 5, Isaiah 7, they were waiting for a king. They were waiting for God's anointed, the one who would come and save them and rescue them from all that was a problem to them. Emmanuel. Were they waiting for Emmanuel, God with us? Maybe they thought that was a stretch too far, but that's exactly what happened. Is Emmanuel happened? God came in the flesh to them. God went the extra mile, so to speak, to come be with them in this newborn babe, this Savior, the anointed one of God the Lord. He's the Messiah. He's wrapped up in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. He's assigned to the world of salvation. That salvation has come, not only for the Jews, but for the whole world. We'll get into that. You get into that as you keep going into the New Testament. But yes, these were Jewish people waiting for their Messiah. And indeed, this Christ child, Christ the Lord, has come. And suddenly with the angel, there appeared this multitude of heavenly hosts singing, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom God favors. And 
I think for a moment, what does it mean to have the peace of the Lord? You know, we look for peace. The Advent season, we look for hope, candle of hope. We look for peace, the candle of peace. You talked about that last week. The joy, we look for joy, and we look for love. The world is looking for hope and peace and joy and love. And what we know here is that God came, Emmanuel. God came to be with us, to bring us that deep hope, that deep peace, that deep joy, that great love. But what does it mean to have that, those, those, those things? What does it mean to have deep joy, to have deep peace? Let's be honest for a second. Sometimes we just think those things are fleeting. Or, or are they really real? I mean, you get, you get a bad diagnosis from a doctor. That's it's scary sometimes, right? Maybe some of you are dealing with that right now, or you have loved ones who are dealing with a tough diagnosis right now, or, or a, a, a trouble at work that is, is just challenging to you. Or a relationship with a family member that's broken right now or tense right now. And you anticipate Christmas time and you want all things to go well, but there's this challenge, this struggle among family members or friendships that are just proving to be difficult. And you wonder, where's the joy in this? Where's the joy in this diagnosis? Where's the peace in this? Where's the hope in this? God, do you love me? And so we look, we look there and we go, oh, how can I find it? Where can I get it? And so we shop a little more. We get just the right gifts or, or we hope for right, just the right thing or, or we look to outside sources for that sense of peace. If, if only I could get this person to agree with me. If only I could, I could work harder and faster and smarter and I'll please my boss. If only all these outside circumstances, if the outside circumstances would just change, then I would, I would feel the hope. I would finally have peace. I'd feel joyful. But all these things surrounding me are difficult, hard circumstances. Look at our world today. Look at our world today. Look, look what's going on in Israel and, and Gaza and, and, and Ukraine. I mean, look at, look at the things that are going on in downtown Peoria or in your neighborhood or the struggle with that your friend or your neighbor or your family members. Just look at the things and you just go, oh, God, come, help me. And then we try to do our best to make it all right. We do everything we can so that joy and peace will come. All the while, Jesus is saying, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I'm the source of your joy. I'm the one you need. Jesus is saying, you need me. This is why I've come. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with you in it, 
Emmanuel. And you're okay. Ultimately, we're okay. What does it take to trust that, to believe that? Here's what I think it takes. It takes, one, saying, yes, Lord. You're God and I am not. You're in control and I am not. And I surrender this thing to you. What is it you need to surrender to Jesus today to say, I've tried to control this. I've tried to fix this. I've tried everything in my power in order to make this right. And all the while, God is saying, would you just surrender it to me? Would you just trust me for it? What is it? that the Lord is inviting you this Christmas to give to him, to surrender to him, to trust him. And in trusting Jesus, I believe the scripture that joy is ours, peace is ours, hope is ours, the love of God is ours. Well, that news didn't take long for it to sink into those shepherds' heads, and they were like, let's go. Let's go find this baby Jesus, the Savior. We've been waiting for this Savior. Let's run. And so without haste, they ran. You know, they were on their way. And they ran to find this babe snugly wrapped in, and lying in a manger. And they began to tell their angel story of good news. Now, I got a quick question for you. A little side note. What was the sign? Some would say the sign to the shepherds was, you'll find him wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. But some would say, actually, the sign is even greater than that. The sign that your, the, that your joy has come, that your salvation has come, that the anointed one has come, is that you will find this baby. He is the sign, the hope of salvation, the peace of, of Christ, the anointed one, comes to you, and the sign is you will find this Savior lying in a manger. Our Savior comes in a manger? What a surprise is that? But that's exactly what the shepherds found when they got to that, that little stable area where Jesus was. And the shepherds tell their angel story. They tell what's been told to them. It's this good news story. And it's a great story. And everybody who heard it, who was around there, marveled at what had been told them. They were in awe of what these shepherds were saying. But Mary, Mary listened to what they said, and she pondered everything in her heart. She just took it in. Kind of this deep wonder and awe, I imagine. This deep joy that the Savior had come. And here he was, her little babe swaddled in cloths, lying in this manger. And something bigger about this child was happening. God was up to something much bigger much bigger than even Mary, much bigger than Joseph.
I suppose the shepherds didn't fully understand what it all meant, but they made their way back to the fields to the outskirts of Bethlehem. And even as they were going, they were glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard and experienced. They probably didn't know that their lives were actually changed that day in quite the way that they would be changed that day. I don't even think Mary and Joseph fully got what it meant for, for them that they would be raising the Savior of the world, raising this child. But we have to look at that too and say, do we realize what this Christmas means? What this coming of our Lord and Savior means for us? Do you realize what that means for you? And I go back to, what does it mean for you personally? Is there something in your life that you need to surrender to the God who loves you, who came to earth for you, for me, for all of us? Is there something in your life that you, you want to surrender this year, this Christmas time, to trust him more and more with your very life? Is it a relationship situation? Is it a health matter? Is it control of something that you want to have control of? And you just need to let, let loose your hands and say, Lord, you, I trust you. You're with me in this. Even though I walk through this difficult thing, you're with me in it, and I surrender to you. Perhaps what we need today is to slow down long enough to give God some time, some of our time, where we're not hustling and bustling and worrying about gifts and worrying about end of season, end of year things or whatever, but we're just sitting in the presence of God saying, God, would you show me what more of you? Would you just show me more of you? Come, Holy Spirit, come. And imagine the peace and the joy, and the hope, and the love that God wants to pour out over you as he takes your worries, as he puts your worries and concerns into perspective, and gives you this deep abiding comfort in the midst of all the stuff that's swirling around you. For unto us is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's the anointed one of God, come in the flesh, and wants to be, yes, our Savior, and also the Lord of our lives. To have rule in our lives. Not only is life changed for us, but so, it, so is death. Because death doesn't have its sting any longer. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear any evil. Because Emmanuel, God, you are with us. Jesus, you're with us, walking through these things with us. And you change everything. This is good news. It's good news worth pondering in our hearts. It's good news worth shouting from the mountaintops. It's good news of great joy about which we sing today.
about which we, the reason why we wrap all the presents and all the stuff, because we're celebrating the good news of great joy, that Jesus has come. And he's come for you and me and the world to live this life, to die on, a, on the cross, to be raised up from the, the dead, that we would have new life. And he's our hope. He's our peace. He's the joy that we're looking for. He's love come down. Let's pray. Good and loving God, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, to, to walk in this world, to, to take our sin upon the cross, our brokenness, the brokenness of relationships and the brokenness of life and the things that we put in place of you that are broken, Lord. Lord, thank you that way you went to the cross for us for the forgiveness of holding on to those things, our sin. And Lord, thank you that you were raised up. Jesus, we're grateful that you were raised up to new life because we have new life in you. And so this Advent season, as we await your coming and await celebrating the birth of Jesus even next, next week, Lord, Help us to hang on to you as our true source of joy. Our true source of hope and peace and joy and love. Not as the world gives it, not as we try to control it, but as you give it, as you pour it out on us. And Lord, those things which we need to surrender to you, you know each one of us by name. You know our hearts. You know what we cling to that gets in the way of instead clinging to you. So Lord, those things that we cling to, Lord, help us to loosen our grip this Christmas time, this Advent season, and trust you more and more every day so that our lives would be fully changed by you, Jesus, and that, that we would have lives that reflect your goodness and glory so that the watching and waiting world, our friends and our family who don't yet know you would see you in a new way just by the way we live our lives, trusting you, surrendered to you, knowing your deep joy. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for all that you are. In your name we pray, amen.